0: Roberts is taken down a yard, keeping the end zone. Somebody gets to the outside. The he can fly. Andre Roberts, underneath oh, and Andre Roberts is gonna go. Herbert stops, launches. And now, your hosts of the Shock Therapy Podcast, Tyler Lawrence
1: and Zach Alfreds
2: Dude, I am ecstatic! I cannot believe we got Khalil Mack. I am stoked! I cannot believe that we traded for Khalil Mack. Let me get your thoughts on the on on us getting a talent like this to ch- pair with Joey Bosa.
1: Well, it. So my birthday is, happy birthday to Justin Herbert, by the way, but my birthday is actually in a month, April 11th, but I felt like it came today. First, I'm going to have to, you know, beat my chest a little bit and brag about my personal life a little bit. I accepted a job offer today. Um, I'm going to be joining the Sacramento Rivercats as the new, uh, uh, the new addition to the sales team. So that was got my day going off real well. I hear the news that the MLB and the Players Association come to an agreement. We're going to get a full 162 MLB baseball season ecstatic. And when I thought my day couldn't get any better news breaks that the Chargers are pairing Khalil Mack, six-time Pro Bowler, with All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, Joey Bosa, my, my birthday came a whole month early. I... And I'm going to be buzzing for the next month. I usually celebrate a birthday month. I think I have to celebrate the rest of this month and all of April because, like you said, I'm buzzing. I I can't believe this just happened.
2: What a crazy, crazy trade because I feel like we got him for pennies. Like we just gave away a second round pick and a next year's sixth round pick to get him. And that's like nothing compared to the talent that we just got out of this guy.
1: We just saw the Commanders trade two third-round picks for Carson Wentz, a quarterback. You know, we we gave up less capital than the, you know, Carolina Panthers gave up for Sam Darnold to land Play. a generational talent, one of the best pass rushers, one of the most important positions after quarterback, and we got him for nothing, a Grant, second round in a
2: Granted, he's 32 years old. He's kind of toward the end of his career, but he it doesn't matter because he's still playing at a really, really high level. And I don't think that the value really comes in him as a pass rusher. It comes in him freeing up Joey Bosa, who is in his prime, because you can't just run away from Joey Bosa anymore because Khalil Mack's still a really, really solid fringe superstar. Still, he's not. I don't think he's at well, that superstar level he was at years ago. I but don't know. he is still. Demands respect. You got to put here's, respect on his name.
1: Here's where I'm at. I think he kind of just got lost in the madness, which is the Chicago Bears organization the last couple of years. And in the first seven games this season, when he was healthy, he had six sacks. He was on pace to have a, one of the best ye- you know years from a pass rusher in NFL history. Then, you know, went out with that foot injury. But he has a brand new foot. He He has plenty left in the tank. Uh, yeah, I don't think
2: that he does not not have plenty of of left. Like, he's still got a lot left in the tank. Like you said, he's on track for, uh, what is that, 12, 13, 14, probably like 15 sacks, which is still at the very top of the league. Um, mm-hmm. He's got the, the defensive player of the year award. Um, he, like, we got a premier, premier talent. The guy is still yoked. like He's still a huge human being, super explosive off the line. I just don't think that he's uh, – I, I don't know if we're going to get the defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack, that we got. But I do think we still get a pro bowler, uh, uh, still potential all-pro type of player out of him, especially when you've got Joey Bosa on one side, you've got Khalil Mack on the other, and they're both going to be matched up one-on-one off the edge, which is dangerous and terrifying. I feel so bad for Russell Wilson.
1: (laughs) I don't. I'm happy for him. Um, He gets to come to the best division in football and prove what what he's worth. Um, I love it. Beyond the the talent there, I think a a big part of this trade that is getting, you know, undervalued just because of the name is the scheme fit there with Staley and the pedigree. You know, he is one of the best, most sought after uh, edge rushers that we have in the game. And he played his best ball with some of his best ball with Staley as his linebacker coach over there in Chicago in 28, 2017, 2018. In that range, that is all that comfortability is going just going to bring the best out in Khalil Mack. And I am, you know, for years dreading playing that guy when he was in the, the division with the Raiders. Now to unleash him on Derek Carr. Sorry, I'm, I feel more bad for Derek Carr than I do, uh, Russell Wilson, Russ, because, because Russell at least Wilson Russ can run away. Legs. Yeah, he could at least, you know, take a, a little less off the shot. Derek Carr is going to be eating some heavy, heavy hits this upcoming season.
2: And the other thing I'd like to take away from us getting Khalil Mack is, if you're an interior defensive lineman, knowing Joey Bills is yeah. on the outside, do, do you not want to take a pay cut to come play for the Chargers now, knowing that you've got those superstars off the edges? And that takes off so much that takes so much away from what you have to do on the interior of the defensive line. It takes so much away from, from your responsibility because you can like, well, first of all, you're going to have Bosa and Mac who are extremely strong, really tightening up that interior of the offensive line and really forcing teams to run your way as an interior defensive tackle. Like you should want that. I think, I think Mac, Uh, Bosa and Derwin James as as the three stars on this defense is going to make players want to come to LA to come play for a Super Bowl.
1: Absolutely I mean what else what else do you want besides I guess actual rings in in place without the history everything else we have you know superstar quarterback and an office I think the most exciting part about this is I think it this move confirms what you know, me and you and a lot of the fan base has felt for a long time is that that this roster is very close to competing. This move all co- but confirms that the front office totally agrees with that sentiment and they're all in. They're going to try their best to put a Super Bowl roster together. That's just exciting because this is so off-brand for what we've seen Telesco do the last decade that he's been in the organization.
2: This just massively, massively improves the the defense I think a major issue with the Chargers last season is they gave up a lot of points, but we were able to keep up because we were able to score a lot of points. And when you sign another star player to that defense on the defensive line, which is where teams are are built to win offense and defensive line, building them up in the trenches, you've got two really solid players off the edge. And it's, it's terrifying for the AFC West division because I mean, you're coming into LA and knowing that you have, to get the ball off quick, it's that's dangerous. You know that the Chargers are going to play cover one; they're going to play man, so you're going to force the ball to get out quickly, and you're you're not going to have time to do it. I I think that the the Chiefs and the Broncos are going to have some mobility at quarterback, but you're not going to be able to move the pocket because which side are you going to move it to?
1: Yeah, well, and I think a big part of that with having two dominant presence on the edge. We no longer need a dominant presence in the middle, just somebody who's capable, someone who can plug some some holes and just make it difficult on the interior. We have all-star presence on the outside. It, it just, we, we no longer, that need in the interior has just diminished a little bit with two versatile linemen. With Like, uh, Bosa can play D-tackle when needed. You can line them up on the same side of the, the offensive line if wanted. Um, So it just gives us so much versatility. Staley and Staley went and got a guy, right? He has a vision for this defense and Mac, I think is the perfect fit for what Staley seems to be trying to put together. I mean,
2: if we go and get Jordan Davis in the middle, right? And I feel like that is just like the, the most perfect player to draft in the first round based off of what he was able to do at the combine at Absolutely his size, 360 something pounds, six, eight, like just this monster monster of a player. I mean, if we were able to get Jordan Davis, that's like, that's a game changer because you clog the middle, you have your edges short up and now you just have to worry about your three tech defensive tackles being able to hold their own. But if you get that, that plug in the middle, the defensive line instantly jumps up to the top. I mean, is there a a, a scarier duo than Joey Bosa and and uh, Khalil Mack? Like, is there, in the history of the game, like, has there ever been anything quite as scary as, as that duo?
1: So I, I heard you, you know, I saw you tweeting a little bit about that on social media, and I just did a little digging just to see if I could put a list together of just comparable duos. And just in the last 30 years, I came up with three other duos. First off, Michael Strahan and Jason Pierre Paul of the Giants in the late two thousands. I thought that was a dominant duo. You had Von Miller and Demarcus Ware from the 2014 to 2017. And then you had, I think, the best duo, what you're striving for if you're Joey Bosa and cleo Mack. And that's Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. Two of the best to ever do it. Now I don't think you can really compare this duo to Michael Strahan and Jason Pierre Paul because they were together a lot of years and they had a lot of help in the interior i'm talking justin tucker chris canty hall of famers in their own right they had a lot of help um then dwight freeney and robert mathis they played for 10 seasons i think you kind of looking at the von miller and demarcus ware duo to me that is so comparable for many reasons because at that time they had peyton manning in a win now type of roster and they paired miller in his prime with demarcus ware Who was cut by the Cowboys the season before? Only because he was 32. He was still a difference maker. They combined it for 24 sacks that next season and won a Super Bowl. They combined for 18 and a half sacks in 2015 and 17 and a half sacks 2016. So to me, that is what you are looking for. It's a three year deal. You got to combine for 20 sacks a year and win at least a Super Bowl. If you improve on those numbers, you win multiple Super Bowls. I think you're the best duo of all time. If you match those numbers, I think you're in the top three.
2: All three of those tandems that you just named all won Super Bowls.
1: Absolutely. Michael Strahan,
2: That's- JPP got their Super Bowls with Eli Manning. DeMarcus yep. Ware, Von Miller, they got their Super Bowls. I think this immediately puts the Chargers in contention, and they don't even have an offensive guard, a right tackle, a defensive tackle, or they're missing a corner as well. There's still a lot of pieces that they need to fill. And I, we're going to get more into that here in just a bit, but I think that immediately makes the Chargers contenders, not even contenders, they're favorites for the AFC West. They got to be with that.
1: I, I And that's what's so tough right now. I, it You'd think any other year it'd be, oh yeah, with that firepower, sure thing. But you got Patrick Mahomes. You have you know, the Broncos up and coming, you have the the Raiders who out beat us for a playoff spot a year ago. It's so hard to say because we have to play six playoff teams. We have to play playoff teams six times within our own division that there's no way that any team is going to go. You're striving for five and one in the division. I think you were lucky if you split in the division next year.
2: And that's going to make things really tight. I thought last year we were really tight. Every single team last season, found their way into the number one spot at some point during the year. The Broncos had it for like a week. The Raiders had it at the beginning. Uh, The Chargers were there for a while. And then the Chiefs ended up coming and stealing it away toward the end.
1: Is that not going to flip-flop just again? Like, It it seems like the first team to lose three division games is out. It's going to be a race to... Lose less than two games in the division. Any team that can do that wins the division, and I think, in my opinion, because I, I, I just don't see we're gonna split. Those team, those teams are too good. They are too familiar with each other. I, I just don't see. I see the best team in the AFC West every year going four and two at best in division games.
2: It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a really tough competitive division. And every every single divisional matchup has gotta be like prime time. Like the all four of those teams are gonna play multiple prime time games because it's gonna be the most exciting division to watch.
1: It's absolute dogfight and a lot of fans are like worried like, oh no, we have to play all of this talent in the regular season. That just breeds strength that just breeds playoff rosters I feel bad for everybody else that has to face these AFC West teams in the playoffs because it's going to be easy because we've been bred for that in division play without
2: a doubt like if you're part of a weak division and you're the right? shining I'm thinking of like the Patriots in in years past where yeah you know they the the, the Dolphins the bills and the jets were just terrible for so long and the patriots just dominated but they never had they never had that in division competition and somehow they they managed to to be just over the top really really good for so long if you don't have that competition in a division like this you're going to get steamrolled in today's football and I think we have the number one thing that you need to stop good quarterbacks, and that's now like a dominant pass rush. The one thing we're going to miss right now, and this could be correct in the, the coming week, is an interior pass rush. Something yeah. to collapse the pocket and make it much smaller and force quarterbacks to try to bump it outside, which is going to lead more sacks. We have the answer for those quarterbacks.
1: It's exciting day to be a Charger fan, for sure. It, it, exciting to be a football fan, you know, how much, I thought we were going to get a, a quiet day with all of the noise um, we had yesterday. And it was a kid, a pretty quiet, you know, early morning afternoon um, because it just really got a lot more lively with this uh, Mac, Mac. Yeah. Training. It's everywhere.
2: Twitter right now is going crazy.
1: It's insane. It, it's, it's on par with, yeah, it's, you don't see that type of caliber, you don't see that type of caliber player moved for two draft picks. It, it It's just really unheard of. It It's so, yeah, I, I don't have any words to describe it because yeah, I, I still it's feel lot. like I'm dreaming.
2: It's a lot to take in. Uh, are you, you have any, any closing remarks on this?
1: Uh, to me, like I, I still waiting for this to actually sink in. I don't think it's going to sink in for me until I see him at training camp making plays next to these guys. Cause like, I, I still feel like I'm dreaming. Someone pinch me. So let's talk about the
2: uh, defensive free agents that we could go and pursue. And I, I feel like we're now out of the, the edge rusher department. I guess we could find a, another Kyler Fackrell to be like a rotational piece. Yeah. Um. Or we could just look to the draft. I know we drafted a fourth rounder last year with um. what's his name? Chris Romph. Chris Rumpf, uh, and he played significant snaps last season, but we, we have another guy uh, now to, to kind of fill that role with, and maybe we re-sign Kyler Fackrell, and maybe we go out and, and look for a, uh, another rotational veteran. Uh, where are you at on that? I'm just curious.
1: Well, I, I don't think we need... I think, I think it's a bummer because I was really, really excited to get Chenna back, but I, I see... Mac is a complete upgrade. We know what we're getting with Mac. Uh, Chenna is on the fringe of becoming an all-pro type caliber player, but we we just don't know. He just hasn't put that consistent year-to-year production you'd like to see. I I, I think we are set out, uh, outside of the free agent market. I, I could see you know a bargain depth signing, bolster signing, but I, I don't see anybody more than the 5 mil rank rent- no more name brands uh pass rushers I think can yeah, make their I way onto this roster.
2: I think we're definitely out on uh on a top tier Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Javen County. Um Uchenna I think is, you know, a 25-year-old edge rusher who's just entering his prime. Uh I think Uchenna got priced out when we when we signed uh when we traded for Cleo Mack. Uh but there are some other names out there. Aging veteran Melvin Ingram, I think if he wants to be a rotational player for both of those guys, he could literally just, yeah, like that would be like an insane matchup to bring Melvin Ingram back. Um, I can't imagine that he, he was not sought off out, uh, very strongly last year. I know he came back and, and had a pretty decent, um, uh, second half with the chiefs. Uh, but I can't imagine his market being all that big or great. Uh I don't, I still think we're going to be a little priced out on a player of that caliber. I'm probably going with a uh, 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 two, three million dollar a year, some really coupon tom type of exactly. signing there. Maybe like an Arden Key. Um, maybe I, I just don't see very many uh, free agents that are going to fill the role that we're going to ask them to fill. Uh, if anything, I think we're going to look to the draft to try and and mold somebody into a replacement for
1: uh, Khalil Mack in a couple years. I think that's the the way we should go. I mean, uh, yeah, bring along somebody that you want to develop doesn't have to play right away, but use it use it as a rotational pass rusher because there's a lot of hype around Chris Rumpf. I mean, he played well when he got his chances. I think he's a couple years away from being you know, in every down type of player. But you got three years to deal with two all pros on the edge. I think that gives you a lot of flexibility to go away. You don't really need another veteran. You have generational presence on either end.
2: So I could see maybe like a KJ Wright. I think there that would kind of make some sense. Maybe a Jordan Evans. um But I feel like most of these guys are going to get priced out. One name to actually, I think, watch. And I think that uh, I I don't see a whole lot of hype for him right now. Malik Reed, who was uh, an edge rusher for the Broncos uh, for the last couple of seasons, I think there is some familiarity there with um, with Brandon Staley, just being that that coach that he was there. But ultimately, if you're looking at these top guys, uh, we're out on Hussein Reddick. Randy Gregory, Manuel Ogba, Derek Barnett. I think we're out just entirely on the entire free agent market for edge rushers now. And I feel like the the draft is where we're going to fill any remaining depth.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of didn't even look at the edge because I, I, we, I, we addressed it in tenfold, I thought, with the MAC trade.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. But where we're going now is going to be a nose tackle and a defensive tackle. I think you need two. Uh, the n- big names on the markets can going to be Akeem Hicks, Larry Oganjobi, DJ Jones, Sebastian Joseph Day, Bilel Nichols, BJ Hill, uh, Forloso Fatsukazi, uh, Jerron Reed, Calias Campbell, and Nugdamuk and Sue. Those are your top 10 players. And I do see us signing at least one of these guys because I feel like there's a huge need with Linval joseph Uh, If we do Mm -hmm. not re-sign him Uh, and we need a a nose tackle first, I think. I think that's the first route you go Um, from there. I mean, Jerry Tillery is going to play significant snaps. I know we don't want him to, but it's going to happen. He's in his fourth year. Uh, He's probably not going to get offered his fifth year contract, his fifth year option, but you're going to need a rotation there for him. And you're also, I mean, just looking at Brandon Staley's defense, he plays five defensive linemen. Nearly every single play with one linebacker, light box, uh, heavy on the defensive line. You're essentially getting two defensive tackles as a starter and a nose tackle as a starter. And right now, the only player that we have who will play significant snaps there is Jerry Tillery. Uh, if you want to look at the depth, right, we we have our um, uh, from LSU. What's his name?
1: Braden Fajoko.
2: We have Braden Fajoko, who could be a, uh, a depth player there. Um, but ultimately, we, we're looking for an upgrade and a true full-time starter, and I don't think Fajoko is a full-time starter there. I think he's going to be a rotational piece at the nose tackle position. Who do you like out of, out of our defensive tackle class? Who do you think makes sense?
1: Well, I, I have two... I have two different options we want to go. And I think one guy I'm looking at, I think just makes a lot of, a lot of sense for this, you know, win now mode that the chargers appear to be entering and kind of just fits the build of, you know, a coupon Tom type of project. Um, But I'm kind of looking at Sheldon Richardson, you know, an aging player, but a quality run defender still, you know, he makes his money as a disruptive interior pass rusher. He had 37 pressures last season as a defensive tackle, you know, um, you, you're telling me that if we, I guarantee if the Chargers just rushed three in Richardson, Bosa and Mack, those three guys can combine for 40 sacks a year. Um, and because he's a little older, I think you can, you can sign him to a one year, you know, three mil type of prove it deal. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, he was a, he was a top tier defensive tackle three, four years ago. Um, just on a, you know, aging, but I I think it kind of It fits the build of this win now mentality we're in and the, the price makes a lot of sense.
2: I think, I think that's one of those veteran players that you're looking at. Uh, One of those coupon Tom veteran presences on the defensive line. I still think we're going to draft a defensive tackle in the first round or the third round. One of the two is going to happen. We no longer have a second round, Uh, but I do definitely think that we're going to draft one for, for sure. Um, there's a lot of names on this list, to be honest. I mean, I just named those 10, but there's a lot of other quality players who could come and fill that need. I'm looking at like Malik Collins. You just talked about Sheldon Richardson, Quinton Jefferson. Uh, one of the guys that I want to ta- bring up who isn't on the top 10 list, but is a top 10 nose tackle. Austin Johnson from the New York Giants played incredibly, incredibly well. And I don't think he's getting anywhere near the height that he should be getting as a interior run defender, as a true nose tackle. This guy played phenomenal. I don't have any stats for you Uh, right off the bat. I just, I'm not on PFF, but Austin Johnson, uh, he's definitely made himself a lot of money as an under the radar. Nose tackles don't ever get paid their due anyways. They do all of the, the work without any of the stats. And if you really want to clog in the middle, I think Austin Johnson would be a phenomenal signing for us.
1: I like that. I'm kind of... uh, I I think we're going to get a combo of an older veteran Coupon Tom type of selection paired with a draft, uh, a high draft pick. But if we do decide to go after a young free agent, want to get younger and more athletic in the middle, another guy I like who I think has been underutilized up to this point just because he's been lost in a very deep defensive um, line room in Washington, but th- that's defensive tackle Tim Settle. He- he's going to turn 25 next year. He hasn't got a lot of playing time, but I think he's a really great pass rusher um, who has some untapped potential as a run defender as well. Uh, that's a-, a route the Chargers could look at if they want to you know, add some more explosiveness up front. Uh, there's actually a, a
2: big list of players kind of in their 25-26 range. You're looking at like Shai Tuttle. You're looking at Robert Windsor who was a pretty high draft pick who didn't end up panning out in the way that a lot of people wanted him to. Uh, just going down Tom Tim Settles, only 25, Washington. I mean Washington's defensive line was stacked anyways and as a rotational player. I think he he played himself very, very well. Harrison Phillips is only 26 years old at the top of his game. I don't think that we're going to be behind him because I just feel like he's a little overpriced, but we have a homegrown talent, Justin Jones who could potentially make his way back. And Justin Jones doesn't offer a whole lot in his pass rush ability, but he's been one of the strongest run defenders on this defense. One of the only pieces that in that interior group who was able to really hold his own. And you notice right away when he was inserted in the lineup, he made himself uh, available really quickly in the run game and, you saw just how much the run game improved in the back half of the season with on the field when he came off the field. We had some issues. Uh, Julio Johnson, 27 years old. He's another guy uh, who played well for the uh, Houston Texans last year. Also played himself into a pretty good role with the Vikings the year before that. Uh, and then the last player I kind of want to bring, what about B.J. Hill? B.J. Hill just won himself a Super Bowl. Played really well with the Giants. And he, I feel like he made himself a lot of money last season uh, after he was traded to Cincinnati.
1: So I like BJ Hill, um, but for I, I just think he's going to cost about seven mil a year. And there's for that same price range, I really like for what we need uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. I just think is a little better fit for the same price range just because he Joseph day is one of the most slept on run defenders in the league. He, he averaged 2.75 run stops per game, the second most last season. So you want a, you want to address that phony, phony run defense. Uh, Sebastian Joseph day goes a long way to, you know, helping write that run defense.
2: Plus you got the familiarity, right? Like the familiarity yeah. with the Rams, Brandon St- you know, uh, if, if, if I had to guess, right, uh, we talked about Zach Ertz being like a, a pretty big target for the Chargers. One of those players that just makes a lot of sense for the Chargers to go sign.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sebastian Joseph Day fits in that mold as well because he's got that familiarity. We just signed a player because of that familiarity with Khalil uh, yeah. Max. So I feel like Sebastian Joseph Day is going to draw a lot of interest by the Chargers. Um, and I think he's going to make some money. And I think he that he just fits really well in the scheme on the defensive line, playing that gap and a half scheme. Sebastian Joseph Day just makes so much sense, and I feel like he's one of those players without a doubt that the Chargers are going to attack.
1: You have to at least be on the phone and see what the price is. Uh, at least get a price tag, get a price range, and do whatever you can within you know confines of being competitive this year to 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 land that guy. It, Sebastian Joseph Day would take this, I think, on par with the best defensive lines in the league right now. You yeah, have, you have everything you could want. Pass rush, run defense. Uh, that, those are three studs. That's You can rush three and be uh, just fine.
2: Yeah, just fine. Uh, moving on to linebackers, unless you have anything else you want to touch on with the defensive line. No,
1: no. Um, I, we're getting that rehaul that we thought we were going to. The offensive line got it last year. Khalil Mack's our Corey Lindsley of the defensive line. I, I'm just excited to see our Rayshon Slaters, our Matt Filers, because uh, yeah, those are going to be coming in the next couple there. months.
2: No, no way. We've been talking about it quite a bit. Brandon Staley's been talking about it in, in his pressers. We are going to really revamp that defensive line, and, and Khalil yeah. Mack is just the first domino to fall. There is, there is going to be a major emphasis. I would say there's going to be one more big signing, and it's going to be on the defensive line on the interior. If we don't sign one more big-name free agent, it's going to be in the defensive tackle room. Uh, but linebackers is next, and are we bringing back Kaiser White?
1: I think we have to. Just looking at the rest of... The off-ball linebacker group—you're either, yeah, you're either got a super aging player or a very a player with a lot less production than Kaiser just had. You got to throw in the fact that we've had him his whole career. I think he wants to be here. I, he's a good teammate. I I I think with the Mac trade officially closing the door on Uchenna Nwosu. I think you have to bring Kaiser White back j- just because you miss so much without without his presence. I don't think there's a replacement on there's no replacement on the free agent market and you can't justify spending a first three round pick on an inside linebacker when you just traded and- up to get K9. Um I, I just think you have to, otherwise you jeopardize getting way worse at that position. And I get it is very, you know low it it doesn't have it's not very high priority in staley's defense but still i just don't i just don't believe in turning weakness strengths into weaknesses when you're this close to competing at the highest level i question
2: whether or not kaiser white's going to chase the money though and i feel like if kaiser is going to chase the money uh i don't necessarily think that the chargers are going to pay him his value I, i think that there is some sort of negotiations going on there without a doubt I know he's become a fan favorite very, very quickly as the the one bright spot to our run defense last year. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know if Kaiser White's going to return. I just don't know if it's going to happen. And then you look at the free agent market. I mean, if we even choose to upgrade that spot, because we can run in there with, with um, uh, Drew Tranquil and uh, yeah. Kenneth Murray as our starters, which I would be okay with. I wouldn't be ecstatic about it, but I feel like you have to develop Kenneth Murray and you have to play him. He was a first-round draft pick. You have to develop that skill set. And if if Kenneth Murray reaches his potential and there's a lot of potential there, do you even need Kaiser White?
1: Uh, yeah, need and what are very different. I, I think... I guess to, to to your point, it I do think Kaiser is going to want to go chase the bag. I don't think the rest of the league values him much more than we do. You know, looking at these free agent ranking lists, he's towards the bottom. I, I haven't seen him higher than seventh on the in, in, interior linebacker rankings. You know, there's a lot of other linebackers that you know all these professional analytic sites value over him. So I think I think he's the best interior linebacker on the market, but that's me because I've seen him play. I I think he is going to go and test the market, but you can't tell me that if he gets, I think he's going to get similar money elsewhere. And if he has a choice between a a, a same type of contract somewhere else, I think he's going to stay here if he has a choice. I I just don't see anybody. I just don't see a position uh, that's getting, you know, less value every day in the NFL that someone else is going to value him more than we do. I just don't see that happening in my opinion. So, so let me bring
2: I, this to your attention, right? So Daniel Popper did an analysis on the cap space, right? And Daniel Popper said that the Chargers prior to this trade had $27 million of cap space to go sign free agents. Now he's already budgeted away draft capital mm-hmm. for the budget, and he's already left a uh, $7 million for in-season transactions, which you need to have. So knowing that we only had 27 million, the cap room for Khalil Mack takes 17 million away from that. Now we can get a little uh creative and move some cap space around for Keenan Allen. Specifically, it's gonna be Keenan Allen uh and Joey Bosa. We can move some cap around. But the Chargers realistically only have about $10 million of cap space. If you go and Cut Brian Bulaga, you're going to be at twenty million. And knowing that you have to re-sign an RB two, knowing that you have to sign an offensive guard, knowing that you have to sign a right tackle, you got edge rusher taken care of, but you need two defensive tackles. You need a nose tackle and a defensive tackle, and you need a corner. And you have twenty million dollars. If you create some more cap space, so let's say we we can create another. Five to 10 million with restructures. Let's say we even have 30 million. Do you have enough money to go sign Kaiser White knowing that you have to go and pay all of those starting positions elsewhere? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Putting it in that scenario, absolutely not. It just, you, there's not enough dollar bills in the building to make that work. Now, my
2: prediction is that we're going to let Kaiser walk and our starters next year at linebacker is going to be Drew Tranquil, Kaiser, uh, Kenneth Murray. That's mm -hmm. that's my expectation. Uh, And I think Kaiser, I I would love to bring him back, but I just think that he's going to cost too much and he's just a luxury that we could afford, but it would hurt elsewhere. And at a position that is not very important to this defense, Kaiser White's got to go. You have two linebackers, and majority of the time you're only playing in one because you have five down linemen, you have one linebacker, and you've got a rotation there between Drew Tranquil and, and Kenneth Murray. I don't see the value for the position that Kaiser White plays, and I think super highly of Kaiser. I don't see the value of signing him with two other running uh, linebackers, and you've got Nick Neiman, and you've got uh, our undrafted uh, uh, I mean- player... Um, Amen on Ogbonnobi Bamiga. I just don't see where Kaiser White fits in that equation.
1: That's fair. I, I guess we really all have to wait for these these trade details to get finalized. Because I was reading, there's possible way to get it backloaded to where Khalil Max hit for us this season. Four point four million. Four point five. Four point four million. So if, if that's the case, that's an extra eleven right there. That gives you, that's two that's two extra players. So You I, can
2: do that, but here's the issue with doing that that I don't think anybody's talking about, right? Everyone's talking about moving cap space out into the future, and you can totally do that if you're all in and you think this is the year. But if you're right. betting all your marbles on that, that cap space is going to have to come due at some point, and you have other things to look at in the future that nobody is talking about. The two things in particular that you have to look at Justin Herbert's extension and Derwin James extension.
1: Yeah, well, I you can't
2: just- you can't do that. Like, right? you cannot just move cap out into the future and expect that you're never going to have to pay that cap. The thing because is, what though- happens? Sorry, I keep cutting you off. But what happens is what happened with the Saints.
1: Yeah, the only difference I think between those two. The Chargers are in such an awesome place right now because professional sports are only going to make more money for the foreseeable future, and the cap is expected to adjust accordingly. Teams are going to have so much more money into 2024, a lot more money than they have this year and next year. So that gets me excited that they're they're if they do just kick it three, four years down the line, they're going to be in a much better place with the that cap space right. elevating to be able to absorb that, to be able to you know.
2: But what about the to teams limit who, that? But what about the teams that don't move cap to the front?
1: Well, I think they're doing it wrong.
2: Because if they do do that, then you're going to find a team with a hundred million dollars in cap space who are being cap conscious today, who are going to go all in later. I feel like we have the pieces we need where we don't need to, we can move some around if we want to assign one extra player or whatever. But if you're moving $10 million, what would that be? $15 million of cap space into the future f- to for Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack's 32 years old. In two years from now, his cap is going to increase even more. And so you're you're doing this for an aging player who literally could drop off, like that production could drop off whenever. And the other thing that people aren't talking about, what if Kilimac gets hurt next season?
1: Oh, he got no, hurt last no, no.
2: season. No, but like seriously. And you yeah. moved all that cap forward, right? Like you're putting yourself in a predicament. You have to think about now as, lo- as well as the future.
1: Right. Well, and that's... You, 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 can't, you can't make a game changing trade and think about what if these guys get hurt. You know, that's just not a type of mindset but you from have. A I understand
2: cap conscious yeah. decision making. If you want to move some of it into the future because it allows you to sign one extra player, maybe 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 it is the thing that allows us to get JC Jackson, right? Uh which we're gonna talk about here in a sec. But you wouldn't need to move all of it you would just move you know what you need to to get that extra player to fill your roster but not just create as much cap space as you can this year because what that's eventually going to do is take away from Super Bowl's next year i want to be a perennial super bowl team not just a one year hit wonder because we went all year in in one year i want to go all in for multiple years
1: well and i think we I like how this is getting set up. I think we I think the front office is gearing this up on purpose. I think it is all I think all of these, you know, moves that are being made and are in the process of being made are 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 all calculated. I think it all adds up to being competitive and competing for Super Bowls not only this year, but the entirety of Justin Herbert's career. I think this move what it what really what we're seeing is a team who
0: Sheath Underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.
1: Kind of sat and wasted a a franchise quarterback's career in in Phillip Rivers. We never gave him the pieces he deserved. And we're not making that mistake again. This is Justin Herbert's entering his third season. They're going to do everything they can to surround him with the pieces he needs to win Super Bowls. And I, I don't see, I think they're in a I, I yeah I I don't see, I I think this is going to be set up in a way where we're going to be able to compete for many many Super Bowls for many years to come.
2: I'm just telling people to to
1: ease expectations a little bit. Don't move all the
2: cap. Don't go all in on one year. Let's go and win for. Let's back to back is so so much of a greater feeling because it's so rare. Yeah, and I just don't want to to get in a situation with the saints and waste Justin Herbert from the time he's 26 till he's 30 when he really is in his prime. Cause he's not even in his prime. He's still at the beginning stages of it. And if you well, go all in this year, because he's on a rookie contract, it's going to hurt you later.
1: That's fair. But to my, to, I guess I'm going to rebuttal with the fact that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Made it to a Super Bowl and hasn't been back since. You're gonna say, you know, they have wasted his career. Like Russell Wilson, after throwing that game-ending interception to the Patriots, he hasn't been back since. It's hard to win Super Bowls. It's hard to get to a Super Bowl. So if you can win one, I'm, I'm if we can bring one to Los Angeles, a franchise who hasn't won a single one, I'm okay with just one. I'll take one i'm not
2: tom brady run how many how many times has tom brady been to the super bowl and when have they ever done that type of
1: type but my but my but my point is aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time he has won super bowl and he's been competing mvp year year after year after year and hasn't been back so i I, what i'm saying is especially with all of this talent that is entering the nfl you you can't you can't put things off and saying, Hey, I want to compete for 10 years. If you have one shot to win a Super Bowl, you have to go all in because nothing's guaranteed in this league. There's nothing is
2: guaranteed. I agree with that. And there's two ways of roster building.
1: Absolutely. I
2: really, really like what Bill Belichick did in new England. And I want to replicate that. There's ways to do it. Players who became too expensive, he shipped them off and he found value in players and he signed those players and he created a winning culture where people took pay cuts to come play for him and it worked out better than any other which way of roster building out there absolutely do i want to be the rams or the saints or do i want to be the patriots where yeah. what, what is the what do you compare yourself to right like everybody compares themselves to the patriots because it's the most winningest organization over the past 20 years and it's not even close. So, which way am I going about this? Am I a one-year one-hit wonder or am I a I, w- I want a legacy, right? Uh, I don't yeah. want a a one-hit wonder like everybody talks about the the one-hit wonders of Rams going all in this year, but I don't want to be like who remembers who remembers the Panthers when they made it to the Super Bowl? Like <laughs> they they're not remembered, right? The the legion of boom lasted for multiple years but the the Seahawks have one to their name. I want a legacy. I want um what is the term for like a, a really dynasty. A, a dynasty. That's what I want. I want a dynasty. And you Yo. don't build dynasties by by doing what the Saints and the Rams are doing.
1: Well, I, I'll I'll just leave it at this. Before the Patriots were a dynasty, they were first a one-shot wonder that nobody thought we're going to repeat it. So it, it's step one. We got to get a Super Bowl in the in the house. Let's give me a Lombardi trophy in SoFi, another one with Chargers on it, and, and then we could start talking about dynasties. Just give me one Super Bowl. Let's make a Super Bowl appearance for the first time in 20 years before we start talking about dynasties.
2: 30 years. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah,
1: yeah. my so, whole life.
2: Flipped. Let's just come back to these linebackers real quick. I do s- want to cover them. Bobby Wagner, 32 years old, probably no. one of those players where you're going to say no, but if he comes at the right price, is he an upgrade over Kaiser White if he's willing to ring chase? Uh, I know he has a ring, but at 32 years old, I he's he could demand a big contract, but he could also sign with a team who's willing to, you know, at the end of his career, he wants to win and go out with a big bang. I would not be opposed to Bobby Wagner as a leader uh, I don't think there's a scheme fit there, which is the issue. He's been in a 4-3 his entire career. Just a little bit different. Still one of the biggest superstars to become available in quite some time. Uh, you have Poyside, Aluakon, uh, Devondre Campbell, Leighton Vander Esch. All those guys I think are going to be priced out. Another guy who might be kind of an interesting pick, Kyle Van Noy, uh, Anthony Barr, Dante Ha Tower, another kind of unique player who's played in a 4-3 and a 3-4. He's played in both uh, Anthony Walker and Juwan Bentley. Are you out on all of those guys? Uh,
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah, uh, I am because all of those guys are going to be more than Kaiser White or on the same same type of price tag, and if we're on the same pri- type of price tag, I want Kaiser White. I really think Kaiser is gonna go hit the market and not get the offers that he's expecting. I, I really do. He's gonna do get you want to make a
2: bet on the podcast?
1: What that he comes back?
2: That I'm betting that he doesn't.
1: I, I think that's a that's the smarter bet. Um, I think <laughs> yeah. more. I think it, it's a less – uh, well, odds, I think it's it's more likely that he doesn't come back. But, but I, I'll i make you a bet that I do think he's going to go get offers that are, are less than he's expecting, but I don't know how we would uh,
2: – Let's do an over-under you know, on it. Over-under. Uh, I think he's going to get paid over
1: $8 million. See, I think he's going to – I'll take that. I take the under on that all day. I think that's what he is expecting. I don't think, I think he's going to get less.
2: All right. Know. And what are we and if it's significantly
1: on less than,
2: well, let's, I got one for you. I got, I got a bet for you. What? All right. If he makes over $8 million a year, when you come Annual. to the next chargers game this year,
1: you buy yeah. all the drinks. <laughs> That's a good bet. Um, and then the rebuttal is that if I win, you buy all the drinks. I'll buy all
2: the drinks. I'm not buying your plane ticket. You got to come to me. But (laughs) when we go to a a game this season, the the one game that you fly out for, if I win and he makes more than $8 million a year, you buy all the drinks for that game.
1: That's easy. I mean, yeah. All right. I'll pay for the fun if I lose. That's fine. Um, Because side note, side note, did you get my invitation? Oh, I did. Um, I did. I'm coming. I'll be there.
2: All right. I I uh, my wedding is in July and Zach just got his uh invitation
1: to my wedding. Yeah, I can't ma- I got it a couple of weeks ago. I keep meaning to to RSVP. let you know it. And well, I'm I'm waiting since I just got this job. I was kind of waiting for my schedule to materialize um before I asked for time off. I didn't want to in the interview process be like I want I yeah, I know I got I'm going to we'll be I'm going to be sick later. in 6 months. Um, we'll talk
2: about that later. But all right. Well, that we made the bet Let's move on. Any chance that the Chargers sign JC Jackson?
1: I don't. I'm on the fan. I'm on the team that if I'm putting money, if I'm going to Vegas, I'm putting money that he's not coming to Los Angeles. I just don't see the fit for the money. Um, the fit for the money, the potential. Uh, is he a diva? Is he not? Is he a bad locker room presence? Is he not? I just think the price tag and the potential question marks just don't make sense. Um, and I think you got some decent options in the draft. And I think there's some, you know, lower tiered. Um, Prove it type of players, you know, in the 25 to 27 year old range that make a lot more sense for this team.
2: So, Everybody at the L.A. Football Network all thinks that J.C. Jackson is a lock to the Chargers. And I don't see it at all because based off of what J.C. Jackson has said, he's going to the highest bidder. Absolutely. He's going to get paid $22 million a year, and the Chargers just don't have the space
1: for it. Where are they getting that money
2: they 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 are talking about him becoming the highest paid corner in the NFL, and when you look at the fact that the cap has gone up, and you look at everybody comes is going to compare the contract to Jalen Ramsey, and while Jalen Ramsey is probably the best man cover in the game, probably one of the most physical corners in the game, I I really like JC Jackson. I love all the interceptions he's he's been playing at the top of the league. Um, I don't think he's a better player, but I think he is a damn good player. He's only 26 years old, and I think he is gonna go to the highest bidder. And I cannot see the Chargers paying 25 million dollars a year to a corner when they just have so many other needs on the roster. I just well, don't see it.
1: And it's gonna be a big contract, right? You said 26 DB with all of that ball hawking production that he's had since he's entered the league, that guy's going to get paid and deservingly. So he's a hell of a player. I, I, I think I am on board with you. I think he's too expensive for what the chargers are looking to build. I, I think if you, you sign a guy like that for a hefty contract many years, you, you we go back to what you were talking about earlier and you kind of just cripple this roster's competitiveness for, you know, the foreseeable future, not just this season.
2: And I think he's going to get a massive contract. I think it's going to be like it a 6-year like I don't even know, 6-year times 120, probably 6 uh 6 years 120 million. Something crazy like that, yeah. right? Like Baffling. It's going to be it's going to be huge. And if the Chargers did sign him to that contract, his cap in the first year going to be really low. But that cap that cap hit is going to prevent the Chargers from signing Justin Herbert is going to sign, prevent them from signing Derwin James. It's going to prevent them from doing a lot that they want to do in the future. I just don't think with all the superstars on this team, it's a smart move for the long term. I would love to get JC Jackson. I'll be honest, like that, that you got four superstars on the defensive side of the ball. You've got uh four on the offensive side of the ball, not including the offensive line. Like you've got a lot of star power there, but I think it cripples your team because you're going to have superstars and below average players at other positions. Like, how do you sign him to that massive contract when you don't need it? You don't need it. You need a reliable cornerback who can play outside or inside, depending on what you think of. Asante Samuel, whether he's going to play inside or out, uh, I just don't see the fit. Who I do see as a fit, who's going to make less money, still young, uh, young enough to be very productive. Darius Williams is the perfect fit for this defense.
1: You like Darius Williams. So that's funny. I, you know, kind of in the same mold of Darius Williams, same height, 5'9". But a guy I like, specifically for his, his run defense capability is DJ Reed from Seattle. He only he's, t- he's 25. He's coming off a career year and he's a legit outside cornerback d- despite being smaller, but he, he's one of those guys who plays much bigger than he is. He has back-to-back seasons with PFF run grades over 85. That's elite. He's an absolute thumper when he has to come downhill and make a tackle. Last year, he finished as the eighth highest graded corner overall. J.C. Jackson, we're talking about him. He was a seventy-eight point nine PFF grade for twenty twenty-two. Reed posted a seventy-eight point six score. So that's he—he's a quality, quality player. Now the Seahawks in the rebuild—it's going to be interesting to see which players that they value. Uh, I think the Bolts would be very wise to go and see if they can uh, get DJ Reed in the building.
2: DJ Reed would be an, a a nice player to go and play outside. I mean, it's a pretty strong cornerback class. I think for the fit and for the price and for the familiarity, I think Darius Williams makes a lot of sense. But there's other names out there. Shavaris Ward has been mocked to the Chargers. Uh, Dante yeah. Jackson has been out there. Razzle Douglas played really, really well for the Packers, and he played a lot of men. Chargers are going to play a lot of men. I really would love Carlton Davis. I really, yeah. really would. Again, another player who played a lot of men. I think we're going to be priced out. All the players that I really like, though, are under 26 outside of Darius Williams. They're all younger players. You can play man coverage. I don't necessarily know if the Chargers are going to go after a true CB1.
1: Yeah. Well, especially with Staley's system, I think he just wants a football player. and And with the... NFL in general, just moving to this positionalist type of, of football, you, you want a DB over cornerback, slot, nickelback, right? Just someone who could play multiple positions. And, and in that vein, someone I think makes who I'd be you know interested to see where the powder blue again would be Desmond King. Um, very versatile, quality defensive back. He could be an absolute disruptive force in the slot, but has also spent time On the outside, he can play safety. He was a kicker, kick returner and punt returner in college. So I I, I wouldn't mind, you know, bringing, reuniting with Desmond King. I was a huge fan of his. Um, I was a fan of of Desmond King as well. But here's the issue with Desmond King. He is not a man
2: corner by any stretch of the imagination. He is a zone corner. He doesn't have speed at all. And Tom Telesco's not bringing him back. Let's be real. That's where it's, I should have started from. Was that's where Tom I, I should have started, too. Yeah, Tom Telesco's not going to bring him back by any stretch of the imagination. I feel like that bridge was burned a while back. Like, that's that's just not even a possibility. Seriously, like, right?
1: Okay, well, I, it, it's not a possibility. It was more of, you know, I wish it's this a, would a happen kind thing of right? thing. I, I was just, I was, yeah, I was just going to say it, you know, hoping Tom was listening and hoping he would, you know, put his grievances aside and go out and apologize. Whatever he had, whatever he did, you know, it was Tom's fault. Why Desmond King and why Eric Weddle don't want to set foot in the building anymore? We know it's Tom's fault.
2: Yeah, like it's Tom's I, fault. I, I'm like just there's kidding. no <laughs> I'm kidding. It is. It is though, right? Uh, no, honestly, I don't think that the issue was with Tom Telesco. I think the issue with with a uh, head coach. Um, what's his name?
1: Oh, it was it was uh, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Anthony Lynn and Desmond King. It was the issue. Yeah, big. That was the
2: issue. Totally different coaching staff. It shouldn't matter, but there's no way, no way. Especially with the penalties. With the penalties too. Uh, I love Desmond King while he was here, but I just don't think he's a fit for this scheme by any stretch of the imagination.
1: All right. Well, then let me ask you this hypothetical, because I think it makes a little sense. Played in the division. We've seen him a lot. Uh, obviously, Staley probably played with him when uh, when he when it, during his time in Denver. But I'm looking at, you know, Kyle Fuller, 30 years oh, old. Oh, I
2: thought you were going Bryce Callahan. I uh, thought you were going the in direction. the other
1: mold, I'm going Kyle Fuller just because, you know, he's the outside guy, dominant player at one point in time. You can't say he didn't have a regression last season, probably one of the worst years of his career. But I, I think it's a, a perfect coupon Tom type of addition, ready for a bounce back year.
2: So I think uh, actually Kyle Fuller makes a lot of sense, not just because of that, but didn't Kyle Fuller play for the
1: Bears as well? Or was he the other oh. Fuller that played for the Redskins? No, I think you might be on something there. Kyle Fuller,
2: let's take a look at him real quick. So Kyle Fuller, I think, makes a lot of sense because of the scheme. Kyle Fuller did play for the Bears, and he played for the Broncos. Uh, as a depth piece, as a player who has underperformed to date, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, the Bears and the, it was- the Broncos come from the same exact defensive scheme because the head coach from the Broncos was the defensive coordinator while Kyle Fuller was playing for the Bears, again I'm blanking on names, so I'm not, I'm 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 lost a little bit there. Kyle Fuller makes a ton of sense to Brandon Staley because he's played with him, he coached, helped coached him. Brandon yeah. Brandon Staley coached linebackers. Um, he was on the same defensive staff for many years there. Um, I think there's a fit there, and I think there is a connection there that should be. Looked at very, very closely.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, it was Chicago. He spent most of his career in Chicago. The first six years. And it was really just, good. He was dominant, really good let, in Chicago. He was an All-Pro in 2018. Led the league in interceptions and pass deflections that year. Seven interceptions, 21 pass deflections. He has 19 interceptions on his seven-year career. 86 pass deflections total. That, that guy can be disruptive. I think that's down a total year. down year, the worst year of his career. The the first year in the league that he didn't pick off a pass. And he only had four deflections. I wonder if, if teams were just scared and, and just not targeting him. Um, that seems really low.
2: Yeah, that is really, really low. Uh, Kyle Fuller was such a huge, huge signing by the Broncos. I mean, I remember the headlines. I think they traded for him too, right? Is that correct? I don't know. I don't remember. I remember there was like a lot of talk about it. Uh, There was a lot of talk about Kyle Fuller coming to the Broncos who already had a stacked secondary. Uh, I think there's something to look at there, though. I think that's something that needs to be taken away because there is a familiarity there. There is a scheme familiarity there, uh, as well as the head coach. Kyle Fuller, now that you're bringing it up, now that I'm really thinking about it and the potential that he had played at, uh, this sounds like a great bounce back year for him.
1: Um it, it, Wow! Looking at now, just looking at you know his career, just from the stats and the numbers, this is a, a coupon Tom free agent signing and everything but his name.
0: Yeah. You got to make it happen. It I really think it is. makes a lot
1: of sense. I, I'm kind of just convincing myself more and more now that I'm talking about it. Two time Pro Bowler, one time All Pro. This guy can play ball. And he's 30 years old.
0: Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Let me bring up another player for
2: you. Who you got? Steven Nelson, who played for Philadelphia last year. The year before that, he played with the Steelers. The year before that, he played with the Chiefs. He has played a lot of man coverage.
1: Journeyman,
2: yeah. Journeyman, 29 years old. Somebody who we are familiar with from his time with the Chiefs. Uh, the scheme isn't an exact one-for-one, one, but, he, I mean, if you look at those teams, the Steelers played a lot of man. Philadelphia played a lot of man, and the Chiefs have played a lot of man. I think there is something there with Steven Nelson. Uh, he's never been at the top of his league, but, again, one of those coupon Tom signings. I think, I think Steven Nelson could potentially be uh, a, a target. I, last year, he made... $2.5 million in cash. Uh, so he's not going to be expensive by any means. He signed a three-year, $25 million deal with the Steelers in 2019, played in 2020, played in 2021. So he's already made his bag. Uh, I think Steven else could potentially be a target as well.
1: That makes sense. That was also a name that I saw floated around. Steven Nelson kind of just looks like a guy he's looking for a long-term home, right? He's been very productive. He started since 2018, started in 16 games, 15 games, 15 games, and then 16 games again last season. Super consistent and healthy. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer out on him.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm out on on – cornerbacks now like i've looked at everybody else uh those are things that i'm really looking at really shavaris ward uh I bring up kyle fuller there's still a lot of sense to be made there uh there's a lot of aging guys like joe hayden who's going to be 33 yeah. years old uh patrick peterson who i don't think is a scheme fix i think he's more of a cover three type of corner also 32 years old cool. uh, xavier rhodes Another aging player, Jimmy Smith, 34. There's a lot of corners on the market. Uh, I'm trying to look for a guy who could stick around for a few years. Not super expensive. Uh, Eli Apple got demolished in Cleveland, so I don't even want to look at Eli Apple. I just don't think that we're going to go after a top corner by any stretch of the imagination. I, I know guys really want J.C. Jackson. I know guys really want Shavar. Ward even, is, I think, is going to get paid uh, much, much better than what the Chargers could probably afford to that position. If they're going to take the offensive line serious, they're going to take the defensive line series, serious. Um, so any other players at cornerback that interest you?
1: Um, No. Those are the guys that I'm looking at. I, I guess – I'll just end it on with, with where the chargers are left with, with the cap space left over, we really only have room for one more name brand impact signing. And I think it's going to be either D tackle or cornerback. And I think whichever one it is kind of locks us in for the reverse, um, looking for that starter on at 17 in the draft. So I think that's kind of going to be the game plan here for the next couple of months. Um, we got we still got a couple starting positions to fill out here so it'll be interesting to see which route that they that the Chargers do decide to go if i
2: had to guess where we're going to spend the money it's going to be on the defense line like i just i think that the defensive line you need a rotation it doesn't prevent you from anything you want to do in the draft so if you want to draft if you want to sign a, a a big name defensive tackle right whether it's a nose tackle or a D3, DE3 is what I call defensive end, three gap, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like that's where they're going to go first, and everything else is going to be a plug-and-play type of position player. He's not going to cost a lot against the cap. There is a, uh, an opportunity for them to go and sign one of these high-caliber offensive guards because, like I said, I think it's a really strong guard class. I think corner is going to be something that they are going to coupon top But if they do sign a good defensive tackle, they can now draft a first-round defensive tackle to be a rotational player who eventually backfills that when the defensive tackle they sign ends up moving away. I don't think it's going to be a long-term deal either. I think that they are – I think that's really the gist of the defense. Now, we can talk about safety – with Adderley, with Durrell and James, I just don't see them going after Tyron Matthew. I think that a lot of people want them to go after Matthew. I, I think it would be a fun splash signing that would draw headlines and we'd be super excited about. But Nasir Adderley played really well toward the back half of the season. I feel like he's really emerging. I think everybody wants Honey Badger. I think you could sign Honey Badger, play him in the slot as a slot corner, and just have so much fun with that. You could flip-flop him and Jerwin James in the back end. Mateu, the, the draw to Mateu, and is the only safety I even want to talk about, but the draw to Mateu is that position versatility. You can play him at linebacker. He's an undersized linebacker, but dude's just so good and so fun to watch. And he would be one of those fun players that doesn't make sense from a cap space perspective from a position perspective because you already have a safety, two safeties uh, one who's on a rookie both of them are on rookie contracts but they would be a lot of fun I just don't see any way shape or form that the Chargers go and sign Honey Badger because I just I don't see the need, the fit I, I just see the fun
1: it, it would, Yeah it would be a lot of fun You know, I'd love to see that and before we made this Khalil Mack trade, before we signed Mike Williams, it, that was a possibility. I thought that w- was really going to happen. You know, it, obviously Derwin James and and Matthew kicked it off at at the Pro Bowl. You know, it seemed like they were best buds and have grew, grown up and played with each other their whole lives. The way they were, you know, retweeting and and retagging each other. Um, now, this point today. I just yeah, I just don't see where the money adds up. He he's one of the best players period on the free agent market right now D- every position. So I and he's going to get paid like one. I just don't see where the Chargers I just don't see the Chargers having the money to uh be able to compete with these top dollar these top dollar offers that are definitely going to be coming across Matthew's desk.
2: Yeah, I just don't see I just don't see the money is what it comes down to. I just don't see the money.
1: Well, and we, we've heard Staley talk about how he wants to add some DBs to this, to this roster. I think there are going to be more in the mold of the coupon Tom type of bargains over the top tier players, because I think Staley and this organization in general, they believe that they already have the top tier DBs in house with Asante Samuel jr. With Michael Davis, with, uh, Uh, derwin james i think they're really just looking for complementary pieces to maximize those three's potential i think they believe in those three uh wholeheartedly and you're gonna go after the kyle fuller's the depth pieces um over the complete difference makers over the jc jacksons and the tyron matthews that's just kind of how i picture this whole thing playing out You know,
2: one name actually did pop out to me that I think makes sense for his position versatility, for how they used him and moved him around. And I'm not by any stretch of imagination being like, oh, I would love to bring this player in, but I would understand it as a depth type of signing. Daniel Sorensen from the Chiefs. Uh, Daniel Sorensen is by no means a superstar player, and he gives you something to exploit without a doubt. But as a depth player, as a player who's kind of flirted as that, uh, that DB linebacker type of um, uh, player, I think Daniel Sorensen makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't think that the Chiefs and the Chargers play a similar defense, but they have players and certain positions that play s- similar positions. Uh, the, the safeties in, in uh, Brandon Silley's defense, they, they like to play linebacker. They like to come up. They like to move around. And if you want to move Darren James into the slot, uh, you can move Daniel Sorensen out back. Um, you can make him as a, a, a run defender. Like I said, by no means uh, out of the stretch of the imagination, but I think Daniel Sorensen would be a slam dunk type of signing at 32 years old. But I could see him as a depth piece, as a special teamer, uh, toward the back half of his career, who would cost – the veteran minimum to bring in uh, that's one name that kind of popped out to me. Uh,
1: I think over names, it's that type of type of player that we're going to land. Uh, and I can't because there's so many names because there's so many options. It's hard for me to pick uh, a specific guy, but I think that's what we're looking for a linebacker, DB hybrid, the Adrian Phillips type that we missed, you know, Desmond King's role when he was here, that type of utility, DB, same thing with how we play Derwin James to someone who could play multiple positions. You're not going to get a guy who just plays outside corner. We're not going to get that. It's going to be a, a, a you know, a positionless type of DB. Uh, The last thing that we have to really talk about is special teams.
2: Uh, I think we bring back Andre Roberts to fill that role as kick returner, putt returner. I just think that makes too much sense. Ty Long is a free agent and I heard nothing about us resigning him. What you yeah. have out on the market, you have Riley Dixon as a punter from the giants, Pat O'Donnell from Chicago, Kevin Huber, who's 37 years old from Cincinnati, Andy Lee, who's going to be 40 from Arizona, Michael Polarty. Brian Anger, who's been a really, really good punter. Thomas Morissette, again, aging player, but has been a phenomenal punter most of his career. Dustin Colquitt, who's pushing 40. There's not a whole lot out on that market. Jordan Berry, uh, Minnesota. I just don't see a whole lot of good punters, and I'm praying, praying, praying that we go to San Diego State and draft that punter that they have there, but Tai Long is also, he's aging as well, 29 years old. He has a big leg. He has a big leg, but he has no placement and, and just, he's not very good. Tai Long is not good. And there's not a whole lot on the free agency market outside of Brian Anger. Maybe you roll the dice with Riley Dixon, but again, just it's been it's been terrible for our punting room, going all the way back to 2012, 13, and I can't even think of the punter's name that we had back then. But we do uh, not Cyphers. have a punter. Yeah, cipher. Since ciphers, we have not had a c- good kicking unit on special teams. There, it's it's been oh, no. god awful. Um, just. And there's just not a whole lot out there. So unless you're able to find another punter in the draft, if we're not able to get our San Diego State guy, I just I don't know what's out there. There's not very much out there.
1: You, Michael Dixon is a free agent.
2: A uh, free agent, Riley Dixon, not Michael Dixon. Michael Dixon oh, would okay. be a slam dunk.
1: I was gonna say that that's the that's the premier punter right now. I don't really know many punters. Yeah.
2: But- I know enough, but most of them are Asian guys who were really good. Like Thomas said, has been at the top of his game for so long. And it was a big deal when the Saints let him go. And I would say as a one or two year contract, you take Thomas Morsted, who's got that veteran presence, who's got that all pro in his background. But at 36, 37 years old, I mean, he's really at the end of his career. Granted, punters can play into their 40s, right? Kickers right. can play into their 40s. Uh, you you give up some power for that veteran know-how, right? Being able to pin them in the, in the corner. Now, are you averaging the same length and hang time? Probably not, but they take that into account over their years just knowing it. We do not have a punter who can be reliable, which makes me just want to stick it out with Tai Long because at least Tai Long's young enough. It's, it's a really, really terrible punter class, and we need to get better at that specific position. And I guess it's not as big of an issue knowing that we, we got fourth and Staley in our background, but right. we have to get better overall.
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, my f- feeling is my feeling is to go undrafted, free agent, bring him into camp and test them against Ty Long. Hopefully Ty Long gets it together, figures out how to place the ball and pin people deep. If not, roll with the, the, the younger guy. Because like you said, we're not going to be punting very often. If this team is rolling like the way we think we are, we won't punt at all next season. So it really devalues the position on top of it not being a very important position, at, you know, But overall. it can how many be times? really,
2: really important. It can be. Flipping field position. Like if you... Absolutely. If you have a good punter and you can flip field position and you can pin them inside their 20 consistently, it becomes a big strength for your defense. And I think it goes unnoticed. Well, we might not be kicking field goals, but when we are punting from our side of the end zone, we can pin them. I mean, that's huge.
1: Well, and something Staley said, what, what a big factor of why they were going for it on fourth deep in their zone. Is because he didn't have faith in his punter he he went out and said that so yeah you got to improve the position it, it regardless of how often we used it we used him less than and e- league average because we we had no faith in the guy we had at the position so gotta get and better that's terrible. Uh,
2: that is terrible mindset to have <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, especially from a guy like Staley, who is right, is all about the team and what's best for the team to have that guy be like, you suck. We're not even going to give you a chance. That must just be demoralizing. I, I hope Tai Long is, you know, on the tee right now, is on the practice field right now, trying to get, work on his hang time and work on pinning people, um, because that that's just embarrassing. I, I would feel so hurt to my core. Uh, I heard that from a, a leader of men like Staley.
2: And then the last thing we have to talk about, uh, Dustin Hopkins is a free agent. I'm totally on board with re-signing Dustin Hopkins as a Please. reliable uh, inside of 40 kicker who's 50-50 yeah. from outside of 50. Uh, you that. also have Young Wei That's a, a home run in itself. Uh, Badgley's out there, uh, Joey Sly's out there. Joey Sly broke a record for the longest field goal with a 65-yarder before it was broken again. Uh, Eddie Pinero, eh. Matt Gay, eh. Chase McLaughlin, eh. Sam Ficken. I think if it's not Youngway Koo and it's not Dustin Hopkins, maybe you throw a a one-year at Randy Bullock. But there's not very much out there. You also have Nick Fultz, but he's 37 years old. It's Koo or Hopkins or Bust to me. And I'm totally down with resigning Hopkins to a three-year contract and just not even worry about Kicker for a few years. I feel like Kicker punter has been an issue with the Chargers for the past 100 years. It's just since time started, it's been... An issue, and I'm so tired oh, about man. talking about special teams.
1: Uh, we got to throw Matt Gay, though, into that, into the group of we would like to sign because th- that was the Pro Bowl kicker last year. Was he, he was, really? He had 94% field goal rating, went 5 for 4 from 50+, 8 for 7 from 40 to 49, hit all 15 from 30 to 39, and was perfect from 20 to 29 with 6. He He missed two kicks all year.
2: Throw Matt Gay
1: into the discussion then. I just
2: don't even, I don't want to watch kicker tape. I don't want to deal with issues around kicker. I'm just tired of it.
1: And he's 20, he's 27, March 15th, 1994. That's my guy. Yeah, we need him. We need Matt Gay on this team.
2: So he actually turns 28 next week. Um, Yeah, yeah, you know, I just want a reliable kicker. You know, Joey Sly actually was really good as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. we could throw that in there. Well, he did hit over 90%. So I guess there's options out there. I guess it's not, a, it's not that important knowing that we're going to go for it in yeah. the red zone. Like it's, we're just going to go for it. But we need, we need some reliability there. We just need some and, reliability and, there.
1: And just for consistent sake, and because he did make some crucial kicks, I, I don't mind bringing back Dustin Hopkins, giving him another chance because he was, he he was, he did exactly what we needed of him uh, that we asked of him. So for consistency's sake, th- this kicker carousel we've seen for the last 10 years, I, I think it needs to stop. So for consistency's sake, I would like to see Hopkins get another you try know, in 2022.
2: Dustin Hopkins is basically automatic from inside of 40, and he gives you a 50-50% chance, chance from 50. Hey, that's which I'm fine with because that's a long field goal. Like I don't think people understand kicking from outside of 50. Like I can barely kick a 15-yarder. Like it's hard kicking a football off the ground. And if you're able to get a 50, 50% ch- chance from outside of 50, go for it. That's fine. Just the 50, 50% chance you're going to win. The The goal is to get inside of that anyways. So, uh, and then we have Matt Overton, who is our long snapper. I think we're going to draft a, a long snapper. Uh, I'm not really too worried about long snapper because it's never really been an issue as far as i can remember so that is our free agency breakdown we broke down offense defense uh to close this out i think that zach ertz is going to become a charger Uh, i think kyle fuller now that we've talked about it's going to become a charger Uh, and i see us taking a defensive tackle there's a long list of them uh, probably going to draft a defensive tackle and a right tackle if I had to take a guess. And there's no shortage of guards in this class either.
1: No, it's an exciting time. Um, what? Yeah, so excited. This team is coming together, and it is just way more dominant today than I even imagined yesterday when we were on it. Khalil Mack, it absolute dream come true that, uh, you know, growing up, hating that guy as a Raider. He is now on my favorite team. Uh, couldn't be happier. Could not
2: could not be a better time. I cannot wait for free agency to start next week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys later.